And happy Monday. Happy Monday indeed. Man, what a weekend. In fact, Garrett, I had I had planned to start today with a little bit of a rant and I and I just I I decided literally sitting here that if you've got weekend observations, I need to let you go because if I get started, I may just not shut up until we're through a couple of commercial breaks. <laughs> you know what? I don't hate that idea. I don't, <laughs> I don't that that makes that makes my heart happy there. <laughs> Uh, it's it was I mean it was a great weekend unbelievable weather unbelievable sports I, I the, the the calendar right now is crazy good we've we've talked about that but you can't help but miss things and then I don't again I don't know if it's part of just how I'm wired but in the middle of all how great it was over the weekend like there were a couple of big like I can't believe how stupid this is, and I am frustrated, and I and I need to get it out of my system. <laughs> and 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 it's 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 just mind boggling to me. So I so I legitimately will let you have the first weekend observation. So maybe I won't just go completely haywire. All right. So I did something this weekend that I've never done before. Well, that's intriguing already. I have never watched one of the bigger fights. You watched I watched Wilder? Wilder Fury. Somebody was streaming it illegally on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so so I watched it. I might have had to switch accounts a few different times because TikTok shut off the streams, but I watched it and I spent I spent the first I don't know, twenty minutes watching it, acting like it like you know when you go to the zoo and you're just like, Come on, do something. Do something. <laughs> And then you like walk to another exhibit, and you're like, "Do something! Come on!" <laughs> and then, and when they finally, then something happens. And then when they when they when the monkeys finally do something that yes. throw, is throw feces at you, yes. <laughs> and you like most people are like, "Oh gosh, no!" And I'm like, "This is awesome! It was great! It was fantastic! I would never in a million years spend eighty dollars to watch it, but it was awesome! It was there were haymakers and uppercuts and." Each of them knocked the other down a couple times. I was hooked. See, I I didn't get any of the details. All I got was Fury knocked him out again, and and here was my whole take on the whole thing. From the very first time these two guys fought, all the smart people that I listened to ever said was, Tyson Fury is so much of a better boxer than this guy that, that he cannot lose to him as long as he doesn't catch one. He cannot lose. And I just assumed because... As big as he is, his defensive abilities are some of his strengths as a fighter. I just assume that they could fight nine times and Fury's going to knock him out nine times. But I missed good action, huh? There was uh, there uh, he they each got got a couple of times. Wow! And it was it was incredibly interesting. Um, <laughs> from watching a bootleg stream on TikTok. See, that I, is so much better than where I was going to go. Uh, so just, much better than where was, I was going like, to start. Like, I would, if they were to fight again, I would legitimately consider saying to my wife, do you care if I spend $80 on this well, stupid listen, boxing? Because if, if, if they do it again, you, you spend 40 I'll spend 40 and we'll watch together. <laughs> that's fine. Because it was, uh, uh, Wilder went about, three rounds longer than I thought he was gonna because every time that bell rang I thought man there ain't no way that that dude I can't say what <laughs> there ain't no way that guy's gonna finish this round like there's no way and somehow some way luckily I caught it there because I'm outside I'm outside it there uh, I had my finger on the delete button but I don't think mine works yeah. for you yeah, uh, yeah that, uh, I, there ain't no way that guy's gonna finish this round 
Uh, and he did. He kept doing it. He kept doing it. And finally, like in the, I think they got to the 11th round out of 12. And it was like, no, nah, I mean, at this time, there ain't no way. And he got got and it was over. Uh, but it I, was it was interesting. It was fun. I almost wish I would have watched. It was. You know, we've, we've made hay out of the fact that I'm going to be turning 50 soon. And I, I almost rented that fight because, I mean, I'm still a few months away, several months away. But when my dad turned 50, my brother and I rented the Tyson Holyfield fight with the ear bite. Ooh. We paid for that one for my dad's 50th birthday. And and that, that and strictly because I thought about that, I thought, well, I've I've never paid for myself to watch a fight. That'd be that'd be a good advanced birthday party, yeah. birthday present to myself to watch that fight. Now I'm kind of disappointed I didn't. No, and also boxing is like perfect for slow mo replays because there was uh, Tyson Fury hit Wilder right in the face as clean as you could, and the <laughs> slow mo replay was just was art. It was art, <laughs> and I was here for it. Well, I, I, that is so much better than starting where I was going to start because I've got three observations. And, and Does, the, Do any t- of them include the word kicker? N- no, they don't because I made myself stay away from it. L- let me start with this because I don't know if we'll ever get to this very much of today. Baseball needs to help itself. Absolutely. I, I'm so I, – I, I, I ache for that sport and the leadership and the – they need to help themselves. I can't ever find – a baseball game. And maybe it's because I'm not very smart. I understand. But the constantly different starting times from day to day, the constantly influx starting times, the what network is this on, I I just, I am tired of trying to find baseball because here's the thing. You got to want it right now. This yes. time of year, you got to be hungry for baseball. And the other stuff is so much easier to find and so much more generally speaking satisfying when you do find it that it they make it almost not worth the effort and you and i've said this why they don't lock up september for themselves i don't get i i have no comprehension i mean i know september is still college football i get it that there's still a degree of this but like that baseball has no hope right now i and, and i just they need to help themselves something and i I work at a place where they've said, if you come to us with a problem, please offer a solution or don't bring us the problem. I am completely absolved of that responsibility in this case. I'm behind a microphone and I'm saying, baseball, with smart leadership, help yourself, please. If we were to just walk up and down the street and just ask somebody, hey, what channel would you find the NFL on? Probably 85% of people would tell you, well, if it's Sunday between 1 to 7.30, it's on CBS CBS and Fox. Fox. Sunday Night Football's on NBC, and Monday Night Football's on ESPN. And by the way, the games start at 1 o'clock, right. 4.05, 4.25, 8.05, or 8.15, whatever. That, that's what right. they do. 8.20. Baseball now. If you were to ask somebody walking down the street today, what channel are the baseball playoffs on? I don't know how long it would take them to get to Fox Sports 1 and TBS, but you'd be there a while. And, and why on the listings do you often see MLB Network slash Fox Sports 1? Why, why does it do that? I, I have the MLB Network. They've not, played, they've not broadcast a game in its entirety yet that I'm aware of. I think they did one, like, whatever day there were four games that okay. they had some And, and literally, the listings will say MLB Network slash FS1. Okay, I have to find flip a coin. I have to flip well, a coin. Well, I, I read a story today about somebody, you know, complaining that, you know, baseball or um, – uh, sports talk radio hosts and ESPN and people like that aren't talking about the baseball playoffs. Like, is, does this not matter anymore? No, it absolutely does. 
But if I'm telling you that a marquee event, what should be a marquee event, is on Fox Sports 1, which is usually reserved for Baylor and Kansas State on Saturdays at 3.30, it doesn't feel like a marquee event. When you think sports, you don't think TBS. When you think sports, you think ESPN, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS. Yeah, it's it's tough squeezing a baseball game between Family Guy and, <laughs> and Seinfeld and, and, and Seinfeld episode. That, that's just tough. Yeah, it doesn't that's it tough. doesn't hold any water to the average fan. And this should be like this should be really fun. Baseball is going up against college football on Saturday, the NFL on Sunday, the NFL on Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, where you could probably compete with Thursday night football depending on the matchup. And instead, they're like, "Nah, well, we'll take those days off." Yeah, right. Great. Okay. I, I just baseball help yourself. I got one other really. I don't know. This one isn't negative. This one just level of exasperation is really high because of what I just witnessed. College football is so it like it is sports porn right now. It is so good, <laughs> and and it, it makes me feel guilty that I watch as much of it as I do. Saturday was one of those days where I just. I, I got started late. I did. I did some things in the morning. We had dance class for the girls, and we had a nice big lunch as a family at 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 the, at the old barn, Ooh, um, nice. which was really nice, and 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 it was outstanding. But I had my phone on the table with the Ohio State game on the whole time I was eating, and then I rushed home and I got my rear end planted in a recliner, and I stayed there. And it was it I I felt guilty because it was, but I'm I'm telling you if the base or if the college football playoff doesn't get expanded, and I mean now. I am going to lose my mind. What more proof do we need that people I, need an opportunity? People need a chance. I had this conversation with a friend this morning that he said, you know, if the Final Four, as they sit right now, went out, I would be fine with that because they're going to expand. And I was like, no, 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 no. The Final Four each need to lose, lose twice. Because I, you, Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati find themselves in the college football playoff. There is not a faster way to guarantee that they go to 12 real damn quick. Really quick. Real quick. I just want them to expand because I want this opportunity. I want to see great games. I want, I want, I just, I came away from the weekend saying there is so much that's possible in college football and it is so friggin' exciting. And we're going to drag our feet for another what? Are we seriously going to go another three, four, yeah, five years possibly before we see expansion? Like, I'm getting old over here. <laughs> I'm look you understand at this what now. I'm saying? You young people can shut up. I'm getting old over here. You've only got so much time left to f- experience great Januaries of college football. And I'm taking us up against a break here, but I got one I more know. weekend observation. I have said for a long time that Gonzaga is no longer a mid-major, and most everybody would agree they are almost bordering on blue blood status in college basketball. But I have proof that they have not yet reached the level of Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, at least in one regard. If the coach of Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, or North Carolina were to get a DUI in September, I wouldn't know about it because I found out on October the 10th that he was suspended for their opener in November because of okay. said DUI in September. I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not judging Mark Few. I'm not. In fact, Mark Few's the one guy that can get a DUI, and people can say, "Ah, poor guy, probably had one beer too many and got pulled over." And he's just such a good guy. I don't know Mark Few from Adam. He seems like he's got his stuff together. But the man got a DUI in September. I don't know of anybody that knew it, and they announced over the weekend that he is suspended for their opener, which again. They, they know that the playoffs are going on and that college football's going on and you throw out this garbage on Friday night, you know, Friday late. Right. And hope that, he's not going to coach against Dixie yeah, State. He's going to miss the opener. November 9th, by the way, is the opener, and he's going to not be on the sidelines when they play Dixie State. I hope they can bring it home. 
you, you, you wonder. You got to wonder. Uh, I, I, I knew he got a DUI just because it was on the bottom line one day. It was like, oh, that's yeah, Friday that, night at like right. seven o'clock. Well, like back when he got it, it was like, oh, okay. I don't even that, remember that's that. surprising. Um, and then um, a few weeks later, the the video came out where the cop asked him, you know, where are you going or whatever, and he's like, uh, I'm I'm Mark Few. He's like, okay. He's like, I coach Gonzaga's basketball team. Oh, you just went the you you know who I am, right? <laughs> yeah. Route route without saying you know who I am, right? And so that led people, the, the cynical people, to be like. So how many times has he done this before that he's finally just now getting caught? Blah, 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 blah. But you're correct in that you, you, you don't find that out. He hasn't You quite, don't find that out monthly. There, there is some advantage yet to still being a little bit secretive and, and, and well, under the radar to a degree. You know that big media, media metropolis that is Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Yeah, it's a perfect place for Mark Few, but he's still got a DUI. Gonna miss the game against Dixie State. That, that could tough be a one. tough That's one. That's a tough one. That could be a tough one. They'll bite your kneecaps, I hear. <laughs> Hey, we should we should offer some gift to whoever calls in and tells us the Dixie State mascot. I because uh, because I don't have any idea. Um, we are really late for a Don Jiggs Jeweler timeout. That was believe, our weekend observation. I believe they're they're the Bison. No, they're the Trailblazers. Trailblazers. They are the Trailblazers, and they State. use the Bison as their logo. Okay. And they're, and, they're, and, they're, and Dixie State is in Utah. Is in Utah. I mean, who? How? How does that not make sense? Uh, I, and they they are in the process of changing their name, by the way. Because they don't okay. want to be associated with Dixie. <laughs> Dixie but it worked, it worked for the first, you know, 100 years or whatever. Certain, well, it got them on a schedule with Gonzaga. <laughs> got them on a schedule with the Zags. Uh, poll questions are up next. We're going to visit with Mark Ray today. We're also going to talk with Ken Silverstein, Cleveland Pro Sports reporter. we got a little football at 515, which I think is a really interesting question for today. That and so much more. Cookie and the Monster, Sports Radio, 93 on The Fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio. Garrett and I, Cookie and the Monster, are presented by Jerry Lewis McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. Garrett, time for Twitter poll questions. Yeah, we got a couple up at 931 The Fan on Twitter that you can vote in until 545. Would love your participation, reaction, thoughts, etc. The first poll question is, who is to blame for yesterday's Browns loss? Is it Kevin Stefanski, the referees, or other uh, Jason on Twitter says, I blame Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> That's fine. We can all get on board yes, with that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 43% say the referees, and 40% say St- Kevin Stefanski. Okay, second, first of all, people, be better than that on the referees. That just sounds weak. Um, second of all, yes, the head coach is going to get the blame. He's going to have to wear it. That's going to happen. I understand he probably made some uh, questionable play calling on their next-to-last possession of the game. Well, see, I, but here, I, here's what I'm saying. Other covers a lot of things, and I need one. I just need one. Your defensive backfield. I was going to say, there's twice Mike Williams is in the Mike Williams was, in the was running butt naked through your secondary. <laughs> Nobody 40 yards near him. In a game when you need one stop, like there was no one else in the frame. In the picture. And he was coasting by the time the ball got to him. That so, would lead me to believe that's a problem. I'm going to go with other. I'm in the 16.7%. Uh... I, I did NFL's next-gen stats, which is they crunch the crazy analytics and all the things. According to them, there were 15 plays in the game that separated or that, that affected the win probability by more than 1%. <laughs> and Kevin Stefanski and Brandon Staley made the correct decision on all 15 plays. 
that uh-huh. here's what you should do in this situation. And the two of them were perfect in those situations. So when I read Kevin Stefanski calls, quote, perfect game, I thought, apparently they have not seen Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. many a Browns fan <laughs> do not agree that he called a perfect game. Now, I know that there was a lot of consternation about the third and ten and they ran the football. Their last drive was pathetic. Their last drive, two of their four plays were hope to God you get a pass interference penalty. That is hope, John, we have met, talked many a time, is, is not, not a plan. plan. Hope and is then not a plan. on fourth and ten, there's like hell that hell fourth and ten with forty <laughs> seconds left, like hell that hell Mary. I'm gonna take my shot. <laughs> yeah, like, what you're doing? What? So I just uh, also like, I'm I, you can't blame the referees in yesterday's game. The no. f- the the pass no. interference call, while objectively terrible, you were up by, by seven, and 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 had had the ball. Yeah. Back immediately after that. Yeah. Uh, the officials got to do a lot more than that to take it. And I don't mean to belittle our listeners in any way that have voted in this poll, but I did see a thing on Twitter. But you that, are stupid. I, 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 I split screen picture that said the two easiest places to coach from in America. I saw that as well. The recliner and the bleachers side by side. I thought that's gold. I retweeted it. I couldn't help it. That's perfect. It, that is, it is absolutely perfect. It absolutely is. <laughs> uh, we asked this question on September 22nd. And I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to rub our listeners' faces in it. Uh, is C.J. Stroud the best option at quarterback for Ohio State? <laughs> We're asking again today. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, the percentage who vote yes is a little higher than it was on September 22nd. Well, what, 72% today say yes. I wonder what it was on September 22nd. 52. 20, it was 52%. 52. It was almost 50-50 on September 22nd. My man's got some effective stump speeches working out there right now. <laughs> He's, He's swaying some voters' he minds. He's been doing all right. <laughs> he has been doing all right. And our final question, is the Big Ten the best college football conference in 2021? And this one is uh, split right down the middle. 51% say no. 52% if you're rounding up say no. 48 49% say yes See, here's the dig 10 fan you've had one opportunity in your lifetime to make a statement that you're the best conference in college football with any sort of backing for said statement and it's right now right if you're not voting yes right now you either don't like the big 10 or you just don't believe in what you're watching uh right as it stands today uh i i, I think i think the big Ten's the best conference as it stands today now, maybe Northwestern and Vanderbilt should be thrown out, and then it gets a little... I, I think our worst is better than their worst. Uh, if, if you're talking Big Ten, SEC... Um, the, 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 so we, we ain't got a Vanderbilt. Yeah, right. And, you know, Northwestern's very good. I understand that Illinois is not very good, but I, I, I just think... I don't know. I mean, there, there's just... there's just For the first time in, in my lifetime, there's a legitimate reason to say, as of right now, who, this year, who's the best? I'd, I would vote for the Big Ten. Uh, as of today, I'm afraid that the Big Ten's going to do Big Ten things where Iowa's going to lose probably two more times. Well, let's, the let's season just, ends yeah, that's mean. We, 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 but we, right now. Yeah, right now. I mean, we can we can address that with a poll question when it gets here. Are you surprised what happened in the Big Ten? I, whatever. But I feel like it's a, I think it's fair to say that right now it's the best conference. I'm sure Kentucky's right. out there screaming, saying, what place do you think we are in the SEC and give us the Big Ten team that's equivalent? Well, there are two. There are 13 undefeated teams. There are three of them in the Big Ten and two of them in the SEC. There are two in the Big Ten East, so, you know. Yeah, and, and, how, and, how, and how many... I mean, there's five Big Ten teams in the top ten in the country. Yeah. Yep. So, right now, 
Right now we're doing all right. Voters and statistics say that, <laughs> that the Big Ten is probably the best conference. That's what we're going with. So those poll questions are up for you at 931thefan on Twitter. Vote until 545. Garrett and I are going to take another Don Jacobs Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we're going to visit with your friend and mine, Managing Editor Emeritus of the Buckeye Sports Bulletin, Mr. Mark Ray. I would, I guess here's my question, is how bored are we of blowout wins after the way the year started? I didn't think we could get bored of blowout wins, but I feel like there's a little feeling yeah. in the air that it's time to move on and, and find out a little bit more about where we actually are. If I was to ask you at like 7 o'clock on September 11th, uh, whether you would be bored with Ohio State at the bye week, you probably wouldn't have said yes. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't believe that I would have. And I'm not bored, but I'm going to guess there's a fan base that, that may be. And I'm interested to hear what Mark's thoughts were from the game on Saturday just simply because all of what we thought that this team could do and be offensively was kind of just like just getting vomited all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. In big, huge chunks. Here it is. I love it. So we're going to visit with Mark after this Don Jiggs Jeweler timeout. I am John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright. I'm Cookie. He's the monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio. John Cook and my partner Garrett Seawright, Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Looking forward to going to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline in just a heartbeat to catch up with friend of the program and managing managing editor emeritus of the Buckeye Sports Bulletin, Mark Ray, will be joining us very shortly. A huge win for Ohio State over the weekend. A monster performance. Third consecutive game with a pick six or fourth consecutive, fourth consecutive game with a pick six. Uh, to get them, and, and here's what bothered me about that: it gave them 66 points, which is great. But I think I predicted the score to be 56-20, and they were sitting on 59-20. And I'm thinking that's as close as I'm ever going to get. But uh, hats off to the defense because God knows they've taken enough heat. It's good to see them earn something other than that. And uh, another defensive touchdown for the Buckeyes. But let's bring in Mark. And uh, Mark, I I don't know exactly where to start our conversation, but I asked Garrett right before we went to break, what's the chance that Buckeye fans are now all of a sudden very quickly bored with the blowout wins and ready for something different? What do you think? Oh, I don't think they're bored with them. Um, I think they're ready for something different, and I'm not sure you're going to get that in two weeks with Indiana. But Penn State's coming up soon enough, so, you know, just this way you'll get your wish. Yeah, and a lot, lot of ways to go with this, but I am struck by... When I, when I saw Indiana do what they did a year ago and Tom Allen appeared to have something kind of established there that just felt different, that Indiana may be turning a corner. And, you know, I don't know what I expected out of them this year, but it's hard to argue that they've done anything except underachieve and fail to meet any, any level of expectation that they had. I'm not sure if that makes them a more dangerous team or if because it's a, a team that's never really been here before, if, if, you know, maybe one really good quarter of football and they lay down. Yeah, they kind of are what they are. Um, they've had injuries. Penix is hurt again. Um, they lost a couple guys that hurt Ohio State. They lost them to either the transfer portal or to uh, the NFL. So it's not really the same Indiana team that you know threw the ball all over the field last year. So I don't, I don't think that's going to be any more than a speed bump. Um, but you don't, you know. Let's get not get lulled to sleep by you know the murderers row of Akron, Rutgers, and Maryland. Um, you know they're, although you know props to Akron, they, they beat Bowling Green, 
And Bowling Green didn't Bowling Green beat Minnesota? So does that mean Akron's better than Minnesota? I don't by the college football (laughs) transitive property mark. Yes, that is. Yes. Okay. There you go. The circle of suck. um, Yes. Yeah, I I don't know. You know, these were three feel-good games, and everybody's feeling good again. So, you know, check those boxes off. But uh, take a week off, and uh, you know, they've they've got a pretty good schedule. the last six games, not quite like Iowa. Iowa's got nobody the last six games. So, <laughs> you know, see you in Indianapolis, Hawkeyes. But, uh, you know, Ohio State's obviously better than they were coming out of the Oregon game. They've made the changes they needed to make, and, and you know, the young guys are maturing before our eyes. So, uh, and God knows that the college football landscape has been dynamited. So, you know, I guess anything's possible now. Mark, speaking of the uh, the schedule being less than stellar, um, we, we ask poll questions every day and have our listeners vote on them on Twitter. And on September 22nd, we asked the question, is C.J. Stroud the best option at quarterback for Ohio State? And only 52% of our <laughs> listeners said yes. We, we're asking the same question today, and believe it or not, that number is exponentially higher than it was on wow. September 22nd. I, I know, it's the damnedest thing. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. What Has he improved in those Two starts, or is the competition just been bad? Well, the competition hasn't been the greatest, but he he has improved. Um, you know he he's seeing the field better. Um, they're calling a better game, I think, for him. Uh, they're tailoring the offense, and, and I don't know why they didn't do this in the beginning. Um, they're tailoring the offense, the the play calling to his skill set. Um, you know, he's not a long range bomber. He, he, he misses, you know, as many throws long as he, as he makes, mm-hmm. but, uh, he's, he's deadly in, in the medium range stuff and on the boundary. So, you know, you get those guys in space, um, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and, uh, JSN and, and those guys are crazy. So, um, you know, why not exploit that? Um, again, I don't, not sure why that they didn't start the season doing that but you know they made the adjustments they've made them on defense and and you see the it's not a finished product but it's getting better and, and mark this may just strictly be an opinion question but i want to ask it anyway what the defensive improvement i, I know is, is is on some level has to do with who the ohio state has played against but mm-hmm. what what role do you think the the shifting of assignments and the the switch in the play caller on the defensive side of the ball? What role did that play versus just the natural maturation? A lot of these young guys that we're going to make over time. I think it's fifty fifty. Um, you know, the the change obviously was a, a, a holy smokes moment, and I cleaned that up for Family Radio. <laughs> Garrett um, had to do that earlier today too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they, what they were doing just wasn't working. I mean, that was just, I mean, it was just plain as a nose on your face. It just wasn't working. And, you know, I, I give credit to Ryan Day, who made the change after after two games. And, you know, college coaches are a lot of things, but, you know, most of them are hard-headed. They don't want to admit mistakes. They don't want to admit that, you know, what they were doing was, was the wrong path. And Day came out and said, you know, what we're doing ain't working. we got to try something else. And I'm, I'm not sure the... Uh, you know, I'm not sure changing from Kerry Combs to Matt Barnes calling the plays was that big of a deal, but they just simplified the scheme and told these young guys to go out there and you know play with a little more feel rather than fill their head with a bunch of 
you know, crazy ideas about, you know, schematics and, and formations and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think that's helped them to relax. Uh, I think it's gotten them some more confidence. You know, you mentioned four pick sixes in four straight games, um, something that's never been done in, in program history. So, you know, defense is, is a lot of, you know, sure there's technique and sure there's assignment football and you got to seal the edge and all that stuff. But, you know, you also got to know where the ball is. You got to locate the ball and go, go find it and, and go get it. And, you know, these guys have a lot of talent. They're, well, they're all four and five stars. So, you know, they're, they're just letting their talent take over. And, um, you know, we'll work on the, you know, the finer stuff later. But, um, you know, see ball, go get ball. I love it. <laughs> I've been a big fan recently, for sure, of what we've seen. Hey, I don't know if you knew this. I'm sure you probably saw it, but they've actually announced that the kickoff for the Indiana yeah. game is going to be 7.30 p.m. How exciting is that? Yeah, it's not that exciting to me. <laughs> I, but, agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I <laughs> agree. Well, it's on ABC, too. I, I, you know, I, can't, I, I find it hard to believe that an Ohio State-Indiana game is going to be a Herb Street game, but um, okay. <laughs> now, that, that leads me to the next week, Ohio State-Penn State, and we all kind of thought that would be a night game. But we looked on the schedule. Fox has got game four of the World Series that night. I don't think Ohio State, Penn State's going to go up against that. So yeah, I would assume not. Uh, and I can't believe they put that in the noon slot. So we're kind of looking at four o'clock for the Fox game on that one. I I just I tell you what I the Penn State game. I, I I'm really really glad. I would have rather had the bye right before Penn State, but to have the bye followed by Indiana heading into Penn State, really I don't think could have worked out better for the Buckeyes. I mean, I know that that Penn State game's one everybody's had circled, but I, I don't know that I'd have been wanting to play Penn State immediately on the heels of Akron, Rutgers, and, and this what we've seen. I just don't know that that would have been the best timing. Well, and you know, Penn State lost to Iowa, obviously, but you know there are lots of extenuating circumstances, including them getting their quarterback hurt, so... It, Mark, um, am I cra- am I crazy to say that? I mean, I, Iowa had to continue to make plays, and it took a, a lot of time. I mean, yeah. they, but I, I don't think there's any way Penn State loses that game if, if Clifford doesn't get hurt. Well, full disclosure, I'm not the biggest Sean Clifford fan in, in the world, but he he has played better this year, and, and I I agree with you. If they they don't lose their quarterback, you know, they probably win that game. You know, they're up what what was it twenty to ten at one time, and and you know then they just tried to hang on for dear life and couldn't do it. I mean, but, I, you know, Iowa's, uh, Iowa's defense is as good as anybody in the country, the way it looks right now. Yeah, and that poor yeah. young man that came in to replace Clifford was so far over his head, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and that's why you, <laughs> that's why we were sitting there on, on Saturday saying, you know, why is Stroud still in the game? Uh, you know, let's let's get McCord some, some reps. And then, you know, he got, what, three or four reps, and then he's back out of there and Miller's in there. So, you know, I, I don't ever pretend to know what they're doing as, as far as backup quarterbacks are concerned. It was just kind of a... You know, pat his stats day for Stroud after, you know, it gets to be 42 to 7 or whatever it was. But, um, you know, Penn State's going to be, with all due respect to Oregon, Penn State's going to be the best team that Ohio State has, has faced so far this year all around. So, um, you know, basically what you've done the last three weeks is build your confidence. And I would assume that's what they're going to do against Indiana. So, Everybody feeling good about each other, and then go play somebody that's uh, you know really good. We'll see how how far that confidence takes them. 
Well, Mark, you need to enjoy your bye week because I'm sure we'll be pestering you again next week, even though they didn't play a my game. My feet are up on my desk as we speak. <laughs> that sounds like a bye week. We appreciate you. We'll talk again in a week, brother. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Mark Ray, managing editor of Maris, the Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Join us on the Amer First Home Mortgage Hotline. We appreciate Mark. We're going to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. I'm going to let Garrett decide when we come back if we're going to talk baseball playoffs. I'm kind of leaning towards scratching that out because I just want to get into the college football weekend. We can try to do a little bit of both in a very, very short segment when we come back from this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. Cooking the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio. Garrett, I got one question for you that could go a lot of different ways as far as answers are concerned. All right. How much college football did you watch over the weekend? If you ask my wife, entirely too much. Well, that's, that's not possible, so we can skip that answer. I, nobody in Nebraska wants to hear this, but Scott Frost has earned another season at Nebraska, and he's got them on the cusp. If they could just get their heads out of their woohoo somehow, some way, they would be a really good football team. That's another topic that we're probably going to hit a little bit on Monday's headlines today. I've never seen a football team shoot themselves in the foot so to the level that that team does. When I watched them botch the punt coverage against Michigan State in a game that they lost 23-20, which is something I have never in my lifetime observed on a football field, is the entire special teams unit running to the right while the ball is punted to the left. And a guy catches it, and the only guy between him and the goal line is the punter, who's 47 yards away. I've never seen it before. I don't know whose fault that is, but Scott Frost is going to get the blame. When, you, when you've got a third and short and your quarterback's fighting for extra yards and he gives up the ball in a game-deciding moment because he wants another two feet when he has the first down, I, that, that can't be Scott Frost's fault. It cannot be. It, 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 I, the stat is something stupid that they're like 1-15 in and one-score games under him or something like that, which you could make the argument goes against the head coach, but it was they were in such bad shape when he got there that I, I know what their expectations are. Honestly, watching them on Saturday, they they ran the triple option out of the shotgun really well. I have no idea why they don't just go to that. Just And I think it's because their pride's in the way. Well, of, I think recruiting's an issue. Well, yeah. You know what? It wins. <laughs> it's so, absolutely. So, you know what? Win some football games. So here, here's what I'm just going to say. Texas A&M 41, Alabama 38. Penn State, or Iowa 23, Penn State 20. Oklahoma 55, Texas 48. Michigan 32, Nebraska 29. Uh, it, it was so good. I, it was obnoxious. I mean, the football was so good. And I I don't know. I mean, as wrong as Scott Frost is living, Lincoln Riley's got, done something right, my man. <laughs> that guy's I, done something right. No, I I don't know how many times this weekend I thought, my Monday's headlines today are kicking ass. <laughs> Did not go well. Yeah, did yeah. not go well. well. I was there with you myself, my man. I I was really the 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 the, the uh, big red rebirth. I was all about it. And it was right there. Martinez it was right the there. Nope. All nope. about it. All about it. So uh, college football is what it is, man. It's why we love it. We're going to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout, and when we do come back, we are going to get into our Monday's headlines today. Revisited. We picked our headlines on Friday. We did traditionally as we do not well and uh but, but we were oh so close and we would love for you to to be a part of that we're going to do that we got football at 5 15 a visit with ken silverstein and poll results and water cooler talk all a part of today's program on the other side of this don jenkins jeweler timeout i'm john cookies garrett seawright cooking the monster on lima sports radio 93 on the fan hey hour number two Straight ahead here on Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Hour number two on a Monday means Monday's headlines revisited. 
our Friday tradition to predict some Monday's headlines on Friday. Maybe since we're not good at it, we should stop. <laughs> we should well, we stop. actually were, were reasonably decent over the last two or three weeks. I think the last two for sure. Today, we we, we returned to the, the stats on the back of our baseball card, so to speak. We um, On Friday, um, I'll just start with me. I, I had the audacity to say Ray's complete, complete sweep of the Red Sox. Um, and if you're scoring at home or even if you're by yourself, um, that, that means that as of right now, um, the Red Sox are up 2-1 um, and and can, can win the series tonight. <laughs> so the series was supposed to have been over before we got here today. <laughs> That's not, not, not exactly happened just yet. So that was one for me. I had a We Love LA headline, Browns use running game to pound chargers. I was ready to take that one as a win if the Browns just could have found a way to hang on and get to the end with a lead. That didn't exactly pan out. We haven't spent much time on the Browns, but we're going to. And I said Big Red Rebirth, Nebraska stuns Michigan. Um, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> it because was, it was right I, was break, I was breaking my arm, patting my back for much <laughs> of that contest. As I sat by the television with my Michigan rooting wife, which made it doubly sweet, and then to watch it just unfold and, and try to pretend like I wasn't mad. And and that I wasn't you know like disappointed right, that I the, didn't get to right. brag about my headline. I didn't even mention my headline to her while we were watching the game. So that was my Monday's headlines today. Those three. That's three L's. If you're again keeping track, it, it doesn't get much better on this end. <laughs> I <know>. was aware. <laughs> <laughs> I, my first headline was Texas is back, and we mean it this time. And for the love of God, for three quarters, it was true. Yes, it, it was. It was true. Yes, it was. And then they texted their way to a 55-48 loss where Oklahoma wasn't even trying to score a touchdown on the last. Uh, they were trying to just get in range, kick a field goal. And they ran the same damn play for the second time and scored a touchdown on it again. Second time in about eight snaps. <sighs> <laughs> Remember yes. how we used to scream about the Buckeye defense just getting abused by the same play? They, that ball was halfway into the hole, and I'm screaming at my wife, it's the same play! It's the, it's the same, same play. play! And they're like, go down, go down. Go, nope, he's going to score a touchdown. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. It's. Ah, I, I really thought, honest to God, I thought Texas was going to go in there and blow them out. And boy, for a half, they sure and, did. And they kicked <laughs> tail for a while. And then they did the Texas thing that they do and lost. So I, I, I want to almost take a half a point because if you, you, know, you submitted your story at halftime or something. Well, that spectacular freshman wide receiver, like, have you ever seen a human just have the ball taken out of his hands no. in the middle of a run? And then there it goes. Like, and it's like, okay, game just turned yeah, right saw, there. I saw Aaron Kraft do it once to a kid from, like, Macomb. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. Right, not, not exactly the same level. No. But, uh, it, uh, I mean, that I, kid's got all-American level talent for a freshman, that wide receiver. And yet. And he just. <laughs> there, there it goes. There it goes. So, uh, oh for 1 on that one. Uh, I'll take a half point. On Herbert lights up Browns in big victory, uh, I I just thought that had like the makings of a just a just a blowout for Los Angeles. Um, he was twenty six of forty three for three hundred ninety eight yards and four touchdowns. Now the win wasn't they didn't win by a lot, but it was a big victory. So maybe I'll take the whole point. Yeah, you're I'll, taking I'll, I'll the take, whole point. I'll Are you kidding me? Hey, if 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 Texas had beaten Oklahoma, you'd be taking two big wins right now and a victory lap, bro. <laughs> it was right there. It was right there. Just just give Dicker the kicker a chance to win it for you. Nope. 
Nope, couldn't do it. No, no sir. And then this, the final one, I didn't believe it was going to happen, but I just thought the headline was fun. Uh, Jags raise bar, grind out win over 10, um, and they, they, they got whipped by the Titans. And I, if there's anything that that could have made a difference in this week for Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars, it would have been to continue to play at the level that they had been playing over right. the last couple of weeks. And I don't know that I would go so far as to say they look like they reverted, but they didn't look very good. I don't. Did you hear where after the game, a reporter had brought up a question to him about? On third or fourth and one or third and one, they didn't run a quarterback sneak. And Urban said, it's something we're working through with Trevor. He's not real comfortable with the quarterback sneak right now, blah, blah, blah. And Trevor and then said, they, huh? Right. And then they asked Trevor Lawrence. They said, you know, we talked to Urban about the quarterback sneak. Is that something you're not comfortable with? And he's like, oh, no, I'm comfortable with it. You know, it's just that's something that comes with being the, the territory of being a quarterback. It's just, you know, your quarterback sneak. So who's lying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I well, I, I, I have know an where idea the odds of, are leaning. Right, I have an idea of who it is, but like, it's just of the things to lie about. That one's truly bizarre. Of we're gonna have a we're gonna have a strong. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stand here and say Trevor Lawrence isn't tr- six foot six, two hundred and thirty pound. Trevor Lawrence isn't comfortable doing quarterback sneaks. What? He's not comfortable doing quarterback sneaks. Sorry, I don't really care about your comfort your comfort level on fourth and one, big guy. I, how, I need how you to get a yard. Time in Urban Meyer's coaching career, do you believe he's spent giving a second's thought to somebody's comfort level that plays for him? Probably not a whole lot. So don't, I, now I imagine he's probably said on fourth and one in big situations, like in the Big Ten championship game against Michigan State. What do you like here, Braxton? Yeah. And uh, or what do you like here, JT? What do you like here, whoever? And then when Jeff Hireman couldn't block a soul and they lost, Michigan State was the college football playoff and Ohio State got to play Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Nobody's salty about that, by the way. can't remember. Notre uh, Dame is a little bit. Uh, well, Jalen Smith is. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I imagine at times he said, what do, you, what do you think here? And then said, all right, let's do that. And the, I just imagine if, he's, if he said, we're going to sneak it here, and Trevor Lawrence said, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. I have a hard time believing. And he goes, oh, okay. Let's make sure we turn around to give it to James Robinson. Then, like, I, I just don't buy that. Yeah. Well, you just here's my. You're, if you're going to give an answer at a press conference, I understand they BS all the time. But I'd rather you pull a Bill Belichick than to give an answer that's going to be directly <laughs> co- contradicted by your quarterback. Which means there was no conversation at any point this week. And that that's simply the statement of fact. Is Trevor Lawrence's answer tells you that there was no conversation during this week or any other week about him not being comfortable with a quarterback sneak. Well, you should. I, don't, I feel like that's something you don't have to ask about. I, I don't feel like that's something that you say, "Hey, are you comfortable sneaking?" I don't. I, I, just to me, it's something that would never even come up. It, it's something you would say to kind of save your own hind parts in a press conference after you got your tail whipped. Of why didn't you do this? Well, because uh, he's not comfortable. What? It just didn't make any sense, and then you said something that, like you said, can be directly contradicted by the person that we're about to speak to. And, and again, so, of course, they didn't ask the question and say, "Urban said you weren't comfortable to, you know, give him a little, you know, heads up that here's what you're supposed to say." It was, we talked to Urban earlier about quarterback sneaks. Is that something you're comfortable with? Oh yeah, 
Well, oh boy. I mean, and he may, I don't know, Trevor may have covered his coach's ass. I'm just saying of the two guys that stood in front of the media and answered questions, there's one that has a fairly well-known, pliable relationship with truth. That's a great way. That's a great way to put. It. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not a secret. It's not something that anybody would be surprised to discover. And this is just another example. Again, I honestly, I was hoping for a Jacksonville win. So number one, so your headline could be right. That was the single biggest reason. But the second reason was I, I really thought it would be interesting to watch Urban Meyer answer questions after a win, because it would have been they they would have still talked about the week that was right and i would have liked to have seen how he would have stumbled over that and what he would have done to put his foot in his mouth on some level even answering those questions um and the problem is for jacksonville is and we said this they've still got some winnable games ahead of them i just i guess we've talked about it ad nauseum i do do you have a legitimate concern about this man losing the locker room in short order not 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 you know by the end of the season but by the end of the month uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. I, there were, you know, reports from a couple different sources of he's on thin ice with the players, the GM, the the owner. Um, I heard a group of players broke a huddle with one, two, three grind. They did. Did I hear that they correctly? Did. That there's, is classic. I'm sorry. There's video of that. Like one, two, three grind, and then some of them couldn't hide their their bleep eaten grins as they walked <laughs> that's away. A, that's, either that's a little bit good there. A little bit good. So we're gonna take a quick Don Jiggy's jeweler timeout. We'll come back and we'll do. Football at 5.15. An interesting question Garrett's going to pose for football at 5.15. Join us for that after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. Cooking the Monster on the fan. And Service Master welcomes you to football at 5.15. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why at Service Master, they don't cut corners, they clean them. Got a poll question up that I failed to talk about in the opening hour of the show, but... That's okay. We, we, we can do it now. We are asking, which first down rule do you like better? Do you like that the clock stops in college or the clock keeps running after a first down in the NFL? And so right now, 57% say college. And I'm I'm a little surprised that... Uh, I'm a little surprised the number's not higher. Me too. I am too. I, I, I much prefer the college game because I think it lends itself to more comebacks and exciting finishes. M- right. Much better finishes than the NFL, where people say that they like, oh, I love the strategy behind it. You, you really don't. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're not showing up to like people who say, you know, National League Baseball is better because I like the strategy behind pulling a pitcher and pinch hitting and blah, the blah, blah. double switch. Right, That's what like, baseball is all about. Right. So you mean to tell me you spent $30 on parking, $100 in food, and $100 of seats to watch David Bell manage? No, you didn't. You didn't. And so I, I think I just think the college football is – it's it's I don't know if it's more pure football. I don't, I don't know. I just enjoy the clock stopping and having more ability to – complete your comeback in the final moments of the game or whatever. Now, does it take longer? Yes. Yes. There, but, there, there are three things that factor into this for me. One is NFL is NFL. It's a higher level of football, so you would expect that players would be more proficient in a hurry-up, more proficient in the two-minute yeah. offense, and so they would be it would be better to have them challenged in that way, and you would expect you know similar to better mm-hmm. results. That, that's a fair statement. I get it. The, the, the second factor is um, the games take forever. Yeah. As it is, and they would be longer for sure. 
But the third factor, again, trumps all of it for me, and that is offensive football. We do everything in, in, in the rules to, to benefit offensive football. We yeah. do. And exciting finishes are where it's at in the NFL. That's already the greatest sport, really, in this country. If you ask 90% of sports fans, the NFL t- trumps everything else. You could only enhance its, its draw by doing that, in my opinion. If, if, if I were football czar for a day, Garrett, I would immediately... Say one foot inbounds is yes. a good catch. See, I was I was like, I'm going to ask that tomorrow. Is do you do you prefer one foot or two foot? I would say one foot in is a good catch, and I would and I would say because here here's my thing, and this is the last thing for me really. What sport is it? And don't say soccer because that just makes my argument even more strongly. <laughs> what sport is it where the clock is allowed to run when you're not allowed to play? Like you can't snap the ball until the chains are set. Why is the clock allowed to run when you're not allowed to be playing the sport? I don't uh, see a logic to that. I think you're correct. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, somebody could argue with me. I'd, I'd I'd be willing to listen. I just it's always bothered me that everybody is at the line of scrimmage and these guys are ready to snap this thing and they're down by a touchdown and it's getting kind of late and that guy's and, standing directly behind the right. center because he's got to make sure that those two guys that make what. I don't know, 150 bucks a game. Got to got to set the chains. Yeah, I, that's a great. That's a, I've never looked at it that way, but you're right in that the clock is moving and I'm not allowed to play this game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've I've said this before. Like in football, could you imagine? And I'm a basketball guy, but could you imagine in football if you got three holding penalties, you'd have to go sit down because they're about to lose you. Yeah, like you're yeah, about to be right. disqualified because if you get the five, you're toast. Right, you're dead. You know, I, basketball. You commit a foul, two, three, you got to go sit. There's no other sport that does that. Football is the only sport, again, other than soccer, that lets a clock run. And and nobody knows what the hell the clock's on in soccer anyway, so who cares? They're going to make up how much stoppage time you get and how much extra time you get. Soccer doesn't doesn't really believe in rules. (laughs) You want to get football stoppage time? So, like, they were running the hurry up, but the chains were getting moved, and so we're adding that up. Some guy guy in the booth is tallying up. Hey, they they uh, they get four more snaps. Look at this. We've got 47 seconds of stoppage time. Could you imagine? I want you to imagine. Uh, what is it? Tuesday, January 11th, where the national college football national championship game, where Georgia has beaten Iowa in the college football national championship. And all we're talking about is the controversial five extra plays Georgia was given because of stoppage time. Yeah. I just, oh, man. What would you do that for? Why would you put yourself in that position? I, I couldn't tell you. You're not going to let them snap the ball. The clock shouldn't be running. I just that's how I feel about that, and always have, but it's not likely to change in the I, NFL. I think it, but it's like basic, it's basic comprehension of, okay, do we want the down markers to be on the like correct on the field? Yes. Well, then let's stop the clock to ensure that that is correct. That we've got our our bleep together <laughs> before you before you continue. It just makes it makes common sense, and the NFL is like. To hell with it. We got to get to this second game here at four oh five. We got to go. We got we got four twenty five. America's game of the week with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman coming up. We got to move. Let's get this over <laughs> with. So I prefer the college rule. I am surprised that the number is not higher. Yeah, fifty seven percent. You said 57%. I, I would have thought eighty seven percent. Yeah, I just and maybe maybe there are certain percentage who just don't want to see the game extended uh, any longer than they have to. But which I, I get because some I mean. It's, some Ohio State games are. So make it a second half rule. I don't care. I was going to say, maybe in the fourth quarter, 
or whatever the fourth quarter, like because basketball, like the NBA has special, you know, fourth quarter rules and stuff like that. I don't think that's too gimmicky. I don't think. Hey, it, the NFL is the sport that lets you take a snap and throw it into the ground to stop the clock, and it's not intentional. And it's grounding. not intentional grounding, and, it, and and you don't have timeouts left, and and you get you get the benefit of that's. There's no quirkier rule in the sport than sure. that one right there. Don't tell me we can't have some other ones that oh, make people couple, kind of shake their heads a, a little bit. There's a couple quirky rules in the NFL. I mean, that's just where it's at for me. But no, I, I think that one's a no-brainer. I, maybe, again, if reasonable minds can uh, yeah. disagree, but I, you, I you, think the you'd only, be wrong. The, right, the only argument is, is, I don't want to be here all day. Okay, well, I, it's, it's, it's just like you're just getting football longer. It's not, a, like it's, <laughs> it's not a, that bad of a thing. Nope. And again, I wouldn't make that argument if I didn't see game every week where everybody is lined up, all 11 guys are ready to roll, and they're ready to call the signals, and there's an official standing right, right standing behind the center's ass. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not yet. Not yet. Hold on. Okay. Wait, nope. Hold on. Okay. Uh, re- okay. Let me, okay. Let me yep. sprint out of here. Right. <laughs> let me sprint out of here. Can't snap hope, it right hope away Hope you anyway. didn't need those 13 seconds. Yeah, those weren't that important. Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout straight ahead. We are going to come back and visit with Cleveland Pro Sports reporter Ken Silverstein on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. There will be lots of discussion of yesterday's, uh, I don't know what you call that. In, uh, debacle? Shootout. Is debacle? I, debacle I, seems a bit strong I, to me. That's what I thought. But, um, but um, nonetheless, when you're the Browns and, and you've had kind of two or three games that you would really circle in the preseason and you've managed to let both of them get away. Did you see the stat that NFL teams that had scored 42 points and hadn't turned never turned the ball over were 400 and 0 before you. So it was the first that. time in 401 games that an NFL team scored 42 didn't turn the ball over and lost. That is a that's a stat. Yeah, right that, that that's is. A, that's, that's an accomplishment. That is. I, I don't know that you could I didn't know that the Browns fans could feel worse. <laughs> could feel that bad. And they had 24 hours to get over their agony, and now it's back. Because nope, yep. you're the only team in the history of the sport in over 400 occurrences that managed to pull off what you pulled off on Sunday. We'll talk yep. to Ken Silverstein about that and probably a little bit more on the other, this other side of this. Don Jenkins, Jeweler, timeout. Lima Sports Radio, 93 on The Fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio, Cookie and the Monster. We are presented by Jerry Lewis McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. Work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. We are going to go immediately to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline and bring in friend of the program, Cleveland Pro Sports reporter Ken Silverstein. Silk, uh, long day, exciting day, but in the end, a very, very, very disappointing day for the Cleveland Browns. Well, you can't give up 40-plus, and you can't give up 40-plus on the road. And it was, I, I said to somebody earlier today, if you didn't have a rooting interest, it was one hell of an entertaining game. But if you were a Browns fan, it was very, very difficult because he kept yelling at the TV, meaning where's the defense, where's the back seven, and why are we why are we giving up so many yards, and better yet, why are we giving up so many points? So. A tough afternoon, a tough one coming up against Arizona next week. So um, let's hope they get it together defensively. Otherwise, they're going to be 3-3 three and three after six. And um, I'm not sure after six games that's what the fan base was expecting. 
you know, can I, I mean, I'm perfectly willing to accept, and I understand that the Minnesota Vikings are the Minnesota Vikings, and the LA Chargers are the LA Chargers, and those are different football teams. But for for a for a defense in the Cleveland Browns to go from a 14-7 winner one week to a 47-42 loser the next week. I'm not sure what the explanation can be. It can't all be because it was Vikings and not Chargers. I mean, the defense looked like a completely different unit on Sunday. Well, that and you get a lot better quarterback play. Kirk Cousins is a shell of whatever he was at Michigan State and early in his NFL career. He's not that good. And this kid is real good. And he has potential to be a top-five guy at his position. I'm not sure he's there yet. Still a little young to put him there, but you know he's he's got a lot going for him, and he's got weapons, and they got balance, uh, run and throw more more throw than run. I like their wide receivers more than I like their running back, but he's not too bad. So offensive line isn't bad, and I think they got a little bit out coached also. And what I mean by that is that notice in Trent Green, normally on television games, you don't learn a lot, particularly if you're a hometown fan, because you have a pretty good idea what the home team is is doing. But one thing Trent Green said during the broadcast, he said more than once, and it was right on. They went up-tempo third down to make sure the Browns couldn't get the guys in they wanted to get in, so they couldn't blitz as much as they wanted to on third down. One was third and five or seven or eight or even more. And I think the Chargers outfoxed the Browns schematically, theory-wise, and by doing so, I'm not saying that's the sole reason defensively they had an issue, but I don't think that helped the Browns defensively. And watch now, every team now, do that against the Browns. Go up-tempo fast on third down and whatever to keep the Browns from switching out whomever they want to come in. Now it'll be up to the Browns' brain trust to figure out how to outfox them and work around that issue because it bit them in the you-know-what yesterday and i don't know what you heard or may not have heard yet anything today but i mean a big part of the browns problem i on some level defensively and particularly with the substitution that they may have wanted to do is they they didn't have anybody left in the defensive backfield it felt like they were losing a guy every third snap on sunday have there been any updates on the health of these guys and what the browns can expect going forward because they were really struggling on the back end well no doubt and Look, they're not, they're not stupid on the other side. They, they see people leave with an injury, and they go, hmm, look who's coming in. He can't be as good as the other guy. Let's go attack him. And, look, every team's going to do that. Browns will do that if it's the other team and, and vice versa. No, not a whole bunch. I'm not surprised. It's Monday. Game isn't until Sunday. Uh, these teams are pretty secretive until they have to announce later in the week from an injury report, status report, standpoint so a little bit early in regards to where everybody stands but this isn't going to be easy on sunday uh, yes they're at home but arizona's pretty good quarterback is going to pose all kinds of problems browns have a lot of issues handling quarterbacks who can run can you say lamar jackson i can this guy is just as good if not as good so um they better bring it defensively or they're going to be in for a long afternoon uh, because Arizona is off to a very good start. Ken, speaking of, of injuries, uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa uh, went to the hospital with a uh, a neck contusion, it, it, which is weird. It's the same injury that Joe Burrow suffered in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of of anything similar to that, let alone happening to, to two guys in, in one day? No, I haven't, Garrett. To be honest with you, I'd say 
a unique injury. Uh, I wouldn't want it. I know you guys wouldn't want it. I, I'm not sure how it occurred. It obviously has got to be some type of blow in that area. I don't know if it's someone hitting him or him trying to make a tackle. And by making the tackle and the angle he came in on, it affected you know the status and the injury itself. So, no, I'm not hurt. I mean, you hear of ankles, knees, shoulders, elbows. That injury that happened to Burrow and obviously uh, the second-round pick out of Notre Dame is unique to me. I Honestly, I don't think I've ever heard that injury prior to yesterday to Burrow and, and then obviously to the uh, young Browns uh, linebacker. Ken, this schedule that we've talked about lays out for the Browns in, in you know, I, I guess it's interesting going forward because you're, you're, you're sitting at three and two. Um, however, I would make the argument, and I guess I'll take your thoughts on this, what seemed like a, a loss in week one that you could feel really good about starting to maybe not look quite so good with the way things are playing out with Kansas City. But uh, the, the Cardinals, even though they're coming to Cleveland, I mean, it could be argued they're the best team in the NFL so far. Um, the Broncos, I mean, despite losing to the Steelers, the Broncos, I think, present some problems. The Steelers matchup is a rivalry game. You got the Bengals in a rivalry game back-to-back after that. I mean, the Browns have an opportunity here to, you would think, on paper, kind of make a move and, and, and get things right. But any chance that they're losing confidence as a football team? No, I don't think so. I mean, you got you got some big egos in that room, okay? So no, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I I agree with you. The schedule uh is a little bit on the tricky side. You got what the quick turnaround uh, because after the game on Sunday, if my memory serves me, it's a Thursday night game. So Thursday it's a night quick game with turnaround the turnaround for uh I guess Denver on the Thursday night game. So and Teddy Bridgewater is okay at quarterback. He's not great, but he's he's competent and so, you know, Denver's not bad, and they have some wide receivers. They have size on the outside, and that's always going to be an issue uh, no matter who you play. So, yeah, they need, they need to get it together. Um, it's obviously still a very winnable division. We'll see what happens tonight on Monday Night Football, what uh, the Ravens do against what Indianapolis. So uh, if you're the Browns and better get their fan base, you want obviously Indy uh, to win that game. I'll tell you what, I, I watched the game last night. I assume you guys did also. Buffalo looks really good. Spectacular. Again, they, were, they were a playoff team last year. Um, it's early. you got 17 games. You know, I'm not going to, you know, crown them, you know, Super Bowl, AFC, you know, um, representative at this point, but I think you see where I'm going with this. Buffalo looks really good, but I want to hold my horses for the time being because it's only, what, five games in, but – you know, Baltimore, Buffalo, the Browns, the Chargers, obviously, after yesterday. There are about four, maybe five other teams in the AFC. I'm not ruling Kansas City out until they're knocked out because uh, they've been in two Super Bowls consecutively. So the AFC, I think you see where I'm going with this, uh, is pretty strong. And I'm not sure at this point that helps the Browns, but we'll see. We've got a long way to go. We appreciate your input. Look forward to talking Browns with you every week. And it won't be long, Ken. I don't know if you're excited. We can start talking Cavs here pretty quick. Here, here. They played <laughs> last night, lost by uh, by one. Um, they look better, and the draft pick looks pretty good. So I'm, I'm not, lovely, so, uh, I'm, not we'll saying any, I'm not saying anything about this year, Ken. I'm just saying there's reason for optimism in Cleveland, whether it's two years from now, three years from now. I feel like the franchise is doing some interesting things, and, and the talent level – um, is it, certainly not what 
not what it was. It's better. There, there's a chance to build something here. It's just going to take another year of really growing and getting better. I look forward to chatting with you, and I uh, hope that you'll be able to join us uh, regularly throughout the winter. We'll talk Browns. We'll talk Cavs. And eventually, we'll get back to talking tribe, I assume. But uh, right now, the baseball playoffs are consuming everybody, and we've got plenty of football to talk about. Thanks so much for joining us, Ken. My pleasure. We'll talk to you then. Ken Silverstein, join us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. We're going to take our next Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When Garrett and I get back, we will hit our poll results and a little water cooler conversation after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back in. Final segment here on Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93 on the fan. John Cook and Garrett Seawright. Oh, Garrett, poll results for today. Yes, sir, we got them. You could vote at 93 on the fan until 545, and that has ended. So, we asked you, which first down rule do you like better, college football or the NFL, with the clock stops and the college football rule and the clock keeps running in the NFL? 57% was the final vote total, like the college football rule better. We also asked who's to blame for yesterday's Browns loss, Kevin Stefanski, the referees, or other, uh, and you were to send us your response if there were other. There was the defense, usually teams that score 42 points win. Lose. That's that's true. Uh, no defense, and then both that Kevin Stefanski and the referees are to blame. I, I understand the people being upset with Kevin Stefanski. Is that the first game Kevin Stefanski has lost the Browns? Probably. I mean, he's won them. Because he was a better coach than the other guy, a whole lot. I would, I, I would certainly, I would back off. Hey, what on was that. your stat? Four hundred games. Four hundred previously in the NFL, teams that had scored forty-two points and not turned the ball over were four hundred and zero. Let's now, go ahead and blame that one on the defense. Can we just do that? <laughs> yeah. Now they are four hundred and one, and the Browns are the one. Are the one? You're number one, Browns. At a boy. Attaboy. We, we asked this question on September 22nd, and we asked again today, is C.J. Stroud the best option at quarterback for Ohio State? On September 22nd, 52% said yes. Today, 80% said yes. It's crazy how that uh, how playing Maryland and Rutgers will, uh, will help the old poll results there. Yes, indeed. Our fans are nothing if not observant. <laughs> and then our <laughs> final question was, is the Big Ten the best college football conference in 2021, first time in the AP polls history, by the way, that five teams from one five teams from the Big Ten have been in the top ten, and 53 and a half percent say yes. If five ten. teams from the SEC were in the top ten, the people in the SEC would be screaming so loud about their dominance it would make you all want to vomit. And you're only voting yes at 53 percent. Come on, people! Yes, sir. We can do better. We can, we do, can do better. better. We can do better. <laughs> Uh, water cooler conversation piece. I've got one. I want to save it. You go. I I um I can throw out the the NBA career years played if you'd like. Uh, there somebody asked the question Certainly. in college basketball history. What game has had the most career years played by NBA players? And apparently the answer is 1996 Kentucky versus Utah in a Sweet 16 game. Um, there were 113 NBA seasons played by players in that game, which sounds like a lot, and that's because it is. It's it's the record. But Nazar Muhammad is the one who led the way with 18 seasons. He played more than Tony Delk, Antoine Walker, Keith Van Horn, Andre Miller, 
18 years in the league. And Andre Miller played a bunch, too. That's, that's going to drive your total up right. for sure. 17 years in the league where um, there's also um, Michigan versus Duke in the 92 title game. Jawan Howard was in the NBA for 19 seasons. Grant Hill was in the NBA for 18 seasons. Christian Leitner, 13. Jalen Rose, 13. Chris Webber, 15. So there, there's some pretty high numbers. Yes, indeed. In, uh, in that uh, fun little statistic there. Well... Listeners, tomorrow when you get to the water cooler at work and you have your typical conversations about college football and maybe you've got a Michigan fan at, at your office that, that's going to tell you that you're a delusional Buckeye fan and you guys are going to have your arguments, have a sip of water and have a good-natured argument because that's what college football rivalries are all about. Unfortunately, uh, there, there's a man in Bessemer, Alabama who was shot and killed on Saturday. About 3.20 a.m. on Sunday, he died because of an argument that broke out at a house over who was better between Alabama and Texas A&M. These two guys were guests at a home and started fighting. The homeowner asked them to leave, and when they got outside, uh, a 27-year-old man was shot multiple times in the torso and was taken to the hospital where he later died. The shooter fled the scene. And although they know his identity, he has yet to be apprehended. It's mind-boggling to me, and I've seen people throw some hellacious fits and be really angry and be despondent about life in general after a college football loss. Um, I, I will I will never again want to be referred to as a delusional fan of any type, and I will continue to maintain, as I have, that, and they, they somehow make it an ad campaign that they're proud of, down there, it's just it, it, different. It just means more. <laughs> it, it's it down there. It just means more, and apparently, it does. So we it think means so much, <laughs> so much that I'll shoot you for yeah, telling me that your team's better than my team. After I just watched your your team beat. The thing team. is, and I don't know who the guy was rooting for that shot the guy, but I'm going to guess it had to be a Bama fan because if Texas A&M had lost that game, the Bama fan wasn't going to shoot nobody. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I would think I would think that's fair fair thinking. Uh, you're in best around Bam. Uh, Seems logical to me. Seems logical to me. We want to say a big thank you to Mark Ray of Buckeye Sports Bulletin for joining us, talking Ohio State football today. Thanks so much to Ken Silverstein, Cleveland Pro Sports Reporter for Chatting Browns. Thank you for listening to today's show. Um, It it is Monday night. There's baseball on. I wish I could give you the exact start times and the channels and all that stuff, but but I can't keep track. (laughs) I I can't keep track of their damn schedule. Um, I know that Boston and the Rays play tonight, game four. 707 first pitch. 707 first pitch. And it is on Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports 1. 937 first pitch. TBS for Giants-Dodgers. Yeah, the Astros and White Sox were supposed to play. That one got rained out. Their game four will be tomorrow. And you got Giants and Dodgers at what time? 937. 937. Might get get to the bottom of the first. I will... uh, I'll see about four pitches of that one and root for the Giants, but they probably won't win. And, of course, uh, Monday Night Football tonight, Ravens and Colts, uh, which will be most people's viewing pleasure. We hope you'll come back tomorrow and join us for another edition of Cookie and the Monster. Uh, It is a big, big fall sports calendar throughout this week, week nine of the high school football season. We'll have all that conversation and more the rest of this week. Thank you so much for joining us. And come back again tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Join Garrett and I for Cookie and the Monster right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.